Welcome to the Cumberland Podcast. My name is Chris Fleming. I am the Adult Ministries Coordinator with the Discipleship Ministry Team of the Ministry Council of the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And today I'm going to talk about what might be your most favorite holiday and what might be your least favorite holiday for whatever reason, but it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. And I thought it'd be kind of interesting to give some uh, information on what Valentine's Day or where Valentine's Day came from. But before I do that, I wanted to let everybody know about our Discipleship Blueprint plans. Uh, Discipleship Blueprints is leadership training uh, that is geared toward igniting your leaders with training and new insight to rejuvenate your ministries. That's brought to you by the Discipleship Ministry team. If you're interested in a Discipleship Blueprint training session, you can contact Eleanor Brown at esb at cumberland.org. Again, that's esb at cumberland.org. Uh, some of the blueprints that we already have designed are a beginner's guide to youth ministry, church plus neighbor equals community. It's, a, it's discerning your church's place in your community, a curriculum selection, discipling 101, elder training, safe sanctuary training, social media training. We've already got that and more already uh, ready to go if, if your church is interested in doing that. But also with the discipleship blueprints, if you call us because your church is trying to think of a new creative way of doing ministry or if you think you need help in certain areas, whatever it may be, give Eleanor a an email and tell her what you're wanting and when you're kind of thinking about having one, and we'll get something prepared uh, that will be good for your church. So remember we offer that. The only thing that we ask is that you put up our uh, staff member, get get them there and put them up for a night if, if it's, a, it's a real lengthy training session. All we require, we do look forward to serving you, so whatever you think you might need, just give us a call and we'll get it together. And that brings us then to Valentine's Day. I thought we'd start with some stats on Valentine's Day. All right, so 10% of men that are dating someone will plan to propose on Valentine's Day. And further, 10% of dating women want to be proposed to on Valentine's Day. So I think you should all take a moment after this podcast and say a little prayer that it's the same 10% on both sides, the ones asking and the ones wanting to be asked. 48% of Americans think that proposing on Valentine's Day is romantic and special. 30% of people around the world think that it's a little cheesy and cliche. Valentine's Day is one of the most popular days to get engaged, you could imagine. But actually, the number one day of getting engaged is Christmas. So it's Christmas, Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, New Year's Eve, and then the bride-to-be's birthday uh, is, is the uh, top, top days to get engaged. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, the top gift given to celebrate Valentine's Day is a greeting card. According to the Census Bureau, the gift that is used least to celebrate Valentine's Day is actually jewelry. It's estimated, estimated that 15% of women will send themselves flowers on Valentine's Day. For you millennials, 43% of you say Valentine's Day is their top day to propose or be proposed to. Now, here's another one that's kind of fun. Certain studies have shown that men who are going to ask that big question of will you marry me are actually more concerned and nervous about buying the ring than they are about having to ask the question. 45% of people responding to a survey wish that someone would have asked them to marry them without the ring, then shop together for the ring, which is what yours truly did, and so far it's turned out pretty well. My wife still loves me, and I think she likes her ring as well. Now... For all you single men, listen up to this. 93% of women actually like whatever ring they give you, but 30% of women cared more about how you asked than whether your selection on the ring was great. So 
Listen, actions speak louder than diamonds. Remember that this Valentine's Day. Here's some financial stats about Valentine's Day I found kind of interesting. According to Yahoo Financial News, Americans are expected to spend $20.7 billion on Valentine's Day this year, and around half the population actually plans to celebrate it. According to the National Retail Federation, all those boxes of chocolate and flower bouquets really do add up. $20.7 billion. Valentine's Day actually tops Easter spending, which is $18.4 billion. Then Halloween follows with $9.1 billion, according to the National Retail Federation. Now, here's a crazy one. Men will spend, on average, this Valentine's Day, on average, $339. So $339 is what the average man spends on Valentine's Day. Women, however, uh, will spend around $64. Get that, men? $339. And women, you're going to spend around $64 for this holiday. Now, if you're on a budget, there's some good news. 41% of people responding in a survey said they'd be happy with just a thoughtful gift that cost absolutely nothing. More than half the respondents reported using a credit card for gifts they couldn't afford. So, fellas, stick to the DIY option. And remember, it's the thought that counts. Now, if you are one of those people who are going to spend some money on jewelry for Valentine's Day, your money will contribute to the estimated $4 billion that will be spent on jewelry this Valentine's Day. Flowers and chocolates are, of course, the less expensive option. According to the Society of American Florists, 250 million roses are going to be produced for Valentine's Day, and the average person will spend $77 on flowers. And those little chocolate-filled candy boxes, you're going to combine to spend $1.8 billion on some chocolate. If you have no Valentine, that's no problem as well. The National Retail Federation says 27% of people are planning to treat themselves instead of a date, and around 10% will make plans with friends and family. Again, I've said that Valentine's is the second most popular day to get engaged behind Christmas, and so they're expecting 9 million proposals on Valentine's Day. But for those of you who really hate Valentine's Day, you can also take comfort in knowing that divorce lawyers see a spike of 40% on phone calls to their offices on Valentine's Day. So that then brings us to uh, why we celebrate Valentine's uh, Day today. Uh, Valentine's Day is actually a feast of the church that commemorates St. Valentine. But you might ask, who is St. Valentine? Or the better question, who are St. Valentine? Uh, We do know that there were at least two, probably three, Uh, Valentines that were martyred in the early church anywhere from 250 A.D. to about 285 A.D. Two of the stories, two of the three stories that we know about martyrs named Valentine is they they coalesce together pretty good. So lots of scholars think that the two Valentines are actually one. So there's probably two, not three. Just to get the point out of the way early, though, none of these Valentines have anything to do with what our culture understands about Valentines and how we practice it today. Uh, if you take the, the legendary story about the St. Valentine, he is the patron saint of uh, engaged couples, beekeepers, epilepsy, fainting, greetings, happy marriages, lovers, the plague, travelers, and young people. He is often represented in pictures with birds and roses. Again, there are at least two St. Valentines who have been combined to make what we would know as St. Valentine. There was a Valentine of Rome and a Valentine of Terni of Italy. The Feast of St. Valentine was established on February 14th in the 5th century, early 5th century. Uh, It is no longer on the general 
calendar for the churches, but many churches still celebrate a feast of Valentine's Day. Now, the main story of Valentine centers around the Roman Emperor Claudius II and his desire for a better and more efficient army. Caesar Augustus had banned marriages among his soldiers because he wanted no divided loyalties between the devotion and service to Rome and devotion to family. Marriages may have been a way to dodge the draft, as Claudius II certainly wasn't recruiting men who would have divided loyalties. The Roman troops were officially, though, allowed to have marriages or weddings in 193 AD by the order of Septimus Severus, who made a number of reforms that made the army less disciplined in very subtle ways. So by the time of Claudius II, when the Roman armies were in many battles, uh, he might have unofficially brought back the marriage ban for soldiers. Marriage has, since the beginning of the church, been held in high honor, and so what got Valentine, the bishop of Terni, in trouble was that he continued to perform weddings on the down low. Uh, remember to note that the earliest Christians were not fond of war, and so by conducting marriages, Valentine was weakening the pool of resources by which Rome could build an aggressive army. He was also known for evangelism and uh, helping shield Christians who were being persecuted in the time of Claudius II. Now, once his activities were found out, he was arrested and taken to Rome, where he was under house arrest with Judge Asterius. This is one of the legends. We don't know if it's true or not true. But while discussing religion and faith with the judge, Valentine assured him of the power of Jesus Christ. And so the judge immediately put Valentine and his faith to the test. Valentine was presented with the judge's blind daughter and told to restore her sight. If he succeeded, the judge vowed that he would do anything that Valentine asked for. And Valentine was going to ask for him to crash the idols in his house and become a Christian. So placing his hands onto her eyes, Valentine restored the child's vision. And the judge was humbled and obeyed Valentine's request. He broke down all the idols around his house and he fasted for three days. He was baptized along with his family and entire 44-member household. The now faithful judge then also freed all the Christian inmates. So St. Valentine got to go. But later he was arrested for continuing to try to convert people to Christianity. And he was sent to Rome under the Emperor Claudius II. Now, the relationship between Claudius and Valentine grew. They liked each other. Up until uh, Valentine decided that Claudius needed to become a Christian as well. And Claudi uh, Claudius became enraged. And he sentenced Valentine to death commanding him to renounce his faith, or he would be beaten with clubs and beheaded. Valentine, of course, refused to renounce his faith, and he was executed outside of the Flaminian Gate on February 14, 269. Other dates are 270, 273, or 280. Again, it kind of depends on... Evidently, a lot of Valentines were executed during Claudius's reign. Now, that's kind of the background of the religious part. The associations that we have with Valentine's Day as a culture come from uh, tales of the middle medieval age. Uh, it was in the 14th century that the Christian feast day became definitively associated with love. So according to UCLA medieval scholar Henry Kelly, the author of Chaucer and the Cult of St. Valentine, it was Chaucer who first linked St. Valentine's Day with romance. In 1381, Chaucer composed a poem in honor of the engagement between England's Richard II and Anne of Bohemia. As was the poetic tradition, Chaucer associated the occasion with feast days. In his writing The Parliament of Fowls, The Royal Engagement, The Mating Season of Birds, and St. Valentine's Day are all linked with his verse. For this was on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. 
And so I think I'll end with a prayer uh, for everyone for Valentine's Day. Uh, gracious God, you showed us the greatest love in Jesus Christ. You've written us the greatest love letter in scriptures. Nothing can separate us from you. Help us on this earth to treat our marriages and our friendships, our relationships with that same seriousness that we would love one another even as you loved us and we would lay ourselves down for one another. Bless us during this week. May each marriage that is being celebrated in each relationship be pure and holy and loving. It's in Christ's name we do pray these things. Amen.